guys, you're listening to the Enough Podcast. I'm Jennifer, a wife, mama four, an author. I love having one-on-one conversations with women, talking about our identity in Christ. But most of all, I am completely in love with Jesus. And I'm Courtney, a wife, a mom, and a West Texas woman with a passionate love for Jesus. We declare we've had enough and discuss how we are enough. guys welcome back after our brief break from podcasting you know we this has been a year for everyone and it has definitely been a year for me and Jen but we're back and we're back with a good one we have had enough of (laughs) self-pity yes we have you know this has been quite a year as Courtney just said it has been a very tough year for not just Courtney and I, but for everybody. Absolutely. Um, And you know, it is so easy to fall into self-pity. It's so inviting. It's like this warm, easy bed to climb into, but then it like grows these tentacles and the pillows just like you and it becomes this deep, dark, clammy pit that you cannot get out of. It's like so warm and inviting and easy to get into and nearly impossible to get away from. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're welcome for that vivid picture. <laughs> it is. It's, it's an easy trap to fall into. It's, it, it kind of feels sometimes like a comfort zone that you automatically fall into, but mm-hmm. it's really not comfortable because honestly, I mean, if we're being completely honest with ourselves, nothing about self-pity actually feels good. Mm-mm. You are wallowing. It's also not attractive at all. Mm-hmm. Like it's not you, 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 you right now, I guarantee you can think of somebody who wallows in self-pity regularly. And let me guess, they're your favorite person to be with all the time. It really makes your heart feel disgusting. You know, I mean, it makes your mind constantly being focused on yourself. Um, yeah. And it makes it hard for your loved ones to want to be close to you during yeah. those times. Um, speaking from somebody who struggled with it intensely for a very long time. Um, I was always finding the things in my life that were, that sucked, you know, they were hard things. Yeah. I know there's been many times in my life when I felt like I just, I had justifiable reason to feel sorry for myself, to have self-pity, to feel bad for Courtney. And even, even though I had the best reasons in the world to feel bad for myself. It did not make me feel better to feel bad for myself. Yeah, exactly. What was that verse, Courtney, that you were sharing with me? Well, the first one that I don't, I don't know about you guys, but anytime you look up verses on self-pity in the Bible, oftentimes when you read them, it kind of makes you go, great, thanks. That's helpful. And (laughs) especially when you're like in the middle of self-pity, like you look at these verses to try and like help the situation. Reading them at first glance while you're in the pit of self-pity doesn't necessarily make you feel better or it never did me. And the first one that I've read that did that to me was 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. 
Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. You're just like, okay, fine, I will. But then looking into the verse a little bit deeper, you realize that it is Paul who is writing to the Thessalonians. And when Paul is writing this, there's a good chance because it's Paul that he is either in prison or being persecuted or shipwrecked. I don't think he was shipwrecked when he wrote this, but Paul has every reason and right to feel self-pity. Like Mm -hmm. he is fighting for Jesus Christ and he is being wildly abused for it and unjustly and unfairly. Mm -hmm. And he is writing, rejoice always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstances. The dude's in prison. <laughs> Seriously. He's writing that. If, he, if anybody had a right to be full of self-pity, it would have been Paul. <laughs> there, so just the fact that he writes things like that is, yeah. Mind-boggling. It is. Like, if there was anyone ever who had a right to say that and get away with it, it's Paul. So that helps my heart change a little bit when I am wrestling in a circumstance. There is actually a situation in my life that I like to occasionally wallow in self-pity about. And I got to be honest, guys, this is self-pity is something that I still struggle with. I struggle with hard. And yesterday I was in the throes of a self-pity party I was driving down the road. I was by myself in my car and I am just wailing at God. And I am so mad that he hasn't done what I've wanted him to. I'm literally throwing a tantrum like a toddler and just tears streaming down my face, asking God, help me. Why haven't you done this yet? Where are you? Help, help me. And this doesn't always happen, but kind of out of nowhere, I started thanking him for all the things that he has done. I started thanking him that he is good, thanking him that he loves me, thanking him for, and I started listing all these blessings. And I I realized that it was after I said, God, help me. I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to be here where I'm at in the middle of my wallowing self-pity. And I just kept praying and I started continually giving thanks. And all of a sudden, this overwhelming peace enveloped me. Guys, I am not one of these people that cries easily. And when I do cry, it's kind of like one of those catastrophic booger bubbles, really unattractive kind of sobbing. And I had been there and praying through the booger bubbles. And then to go from that to peace was such an odd switch to flip. And I knew it had to be God. And that is where, like the first time I have ever felt The rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. That was an instance in my life where God did it for me because I couldn't do it for myself. Mm -hmm. 
So another verse that is really, it it focuses in on self-pity and is really good, but I feel like it's helpful if you read the verse before and the verse after is Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I absolutely love that verse. And I feel like that is the recipe to get you. That's the game plan. That's the game plan. That's the game plan right there. You go from suffering to perseverance, perseverance to character and character to hope. Everybody's going to have suffering. It's something that you just cannot go through life without. We live in a fallen world. We're going to have suffering. It's the perseverance it's the hardest. That's where you have to dig your heels in and you have to be willing to fight. You have to get ready. You have to get your game face on and you, it's time to fight. That's mm-hmm. when you have to get on your knees. You have to pray. You have to keep your eyes focused on God. And there's a couple of verses that I feel like give you the recipe for perseverance. Um, one of them is Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I feel like one of the first recipes for perseverance is rest. First of all, taking off your self-pity, taking off the suffering, and saying, you can't get rid of the suffering, but you can take it off of your hands and put it into Jesus' hands instead. And I feel like that is what it's kind of one of those things that I feel like is part of perseverance is that you have to, first of all, lay it all down and say, Jesus, I can't handle this alone, but you can, you can take the weight off and put it into his. And sometimes that is an hour by hour, minute by minute choice. Mm -hmm. Guys, yesterday I, I was doing so good. I was resting in God's peace. I laid my, like, I laid it down and I felt peace this morning. <laughs> on the other hand, <laughs> I woke up and slipped right back into that nasty, gnarly pit of self-pity. It is not something you do once. It is not something you do twice. It is something you do over and over and over. It kind of, it's a practice. It's something that you have to continually do. It actually reminds me quite a bit of like lifting weights. The first time you lift a 50 pound weight, it feels like ripping, tearing, painful, hard, almost impossible to do. And then you put that weight down and then you pick it up again. And the second time you do it, it's a little bit easier. And then the third time, and then the fourth time, and then the fifth time, maybe not all in one day, but you're getting the idea. It is a muscle that you have to build. You cannot on your own fix this the first time you try. 
you will need God's help. You will need a spotter to lift the weight the first time. And then anyway, I think you get the picture, but that is what the practice of continually choosing perseverance feels like. Yes. Um, I feel like another part is on James one, I think it's verse one or two says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for, you know, that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. You have to count it joy. That sounds so hard to count something joy, but after you've laid it down and you've, you've been giving rest, you've given, you've given it over to him. I feel like that's kind of how it gives you joy. Like you're actually almost able to count it joy. Um, I don't know many people, Jen, who go, Oh, goody, I get to suffer. What is your recipe for looking at pain and suffering as an opportunity, as, as an opportunity for joy? I feel like it's the starting with the rest and realizing that it's, it's all in his hands. So I honestly don't have to do anything. It's taken all the pressure off of me that I have to have the right attitude that I have to have everything go perfectly. It's laying down expectations um, that something should go differently than I wanted it to. Um, I feel like the, honestly, I mean, I'm going to say this like a thousand times, but I feel like it's laying it down. It's like so much of it because we can't control our suffering. We can't control our circumstances, but we can control the release. We can control how we respond to it. Yes. After we've done that, I, I feel like it just automatically gives joy. It's choosing thankfulness. It's choosing, like you said. Um, I mean, I, I feel like it, it's kind of like such a slow progression sometimes, you know? I mean, I can remember back from, back when I was 12 years old and lost my baby brother um, when he died. And I feel like every single trial in my life, I can look back and I can see a trend. And maybe you're the same way because you, you're, you have a natural tendency to go one direction. Every time suffering happens, your body mm-hmm. reacts in a certain direct, in a certain way. It might be mm-hmm. different for everybody. Um, mine was self-pity. It was um, yeah, feeling sorry for myself that I was never going to get to have the brother that I wanted and had dreamed of. Um, but guess what? I asked God instead and I said, Lord, will you give me boys? I just, I, I want a boy. I want a son. That's all I asked for was a son. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. God gave me two. Um, and yes, that, that promise took over 10 years, no, 20 years, <laughs> took over 20 years to be able to, to fulfill that promise. Because I was 12 years old when I, when I asked that question. I'm glad it wasn't just 10 years. <laughs> but I feel like over the course of year, these years, and through a different trial, you know, it's been different trials, you know, it's been death, it's been divorce, it's been um, no finances, it's been moving and, you know, leaving everything that I've known behind, um, you know, through, they're all different. And they all, it's kind of funny, because it's like, it works different muscles. 
You know, it it's, it's not it the same trial over and over again. It's not like I've continued to lose family members <laughs> or, you know, or, Jesus, but still, Jesus, yeah, but it's, but it's not the same trial over and over again. They're different trials. And I think everyone can relate to that, that it's never the same trial that happens over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. They are different because they're pulling at different muscles. So when my brother died, you know, that pulled from one specific muscle, um, and then over the years, you know, divorce pulled on a, a different muscle that of pain, um, you know, and then leaving all of my family and friends and um, just picking up and moving, living without water and, you know, all just all the things that we've been through. Now, cancer, it, it all pulls from a different muscle. But it's funny because I can look at cancer now in such a different way because of all the muscles that were exercised throughout my life and because of honestly the choices that I've had to make um deciding to keep my eyes on Jesus and turn on worship music and you know have different songs like rejoice in the Lord and um his way is perfect and you know different songs that I've known from my childhood verses that I've known from my childhood um and those those things have, um, have been my security blanket almost in a way, like God has given you those things to hold on to. It seems like each thing you have gone through and the way you have handled it have helped produce perseverance in you, which has produced character, which has given you hope. Yes. Thank you. Because when... Because each time you get through something, it fills up your little hope tank that the next thing that you run into, God will pull you through because he did the last mm-hmm. time. Yeah. You know, there's, there's this odd thing that happens when you suffer. And, and it could be suffering the loss of a favorite toy to suffering the loss of your job to suffering the loss of a loved one to suffering something horrendous that happened to you that was out of your control. Mm-hmm. There is this thing that happens that it, like you feel part of, part of it is feeling shame and being overwhelmed with shame. Yeah. And part of getting out of that feeling of shame because of the suffering is to justify it. And you kind of wiggle over into self-pity to get Mm -hmm. out from under this weight of shame. Mm Self-pity says, it wasn't my fault. Self-pity says, this this shouldn't have happened to me. Woe is me. That's how you can escape that feeling of shame. But Romans 5, 3 gives you the, the better way to get away from shame. Yeah. To to have your suffering produce perseverance, God, you are good. I'm going to grit through this because I can, because you're going to give me the strength. Jesus, help me. Mm-hmm. And you persevere through it like a runner running a very long race. Mm-hmm. You're there. You're locked in. You're going to keep going. You're locked in. You're going to keep going. And through that perseverance, you all of a sudden start to have a really strong character. Like you are a person who can take a lot because your character is now like 
in it. You're mm-hmm. like, I've got something in the tank. I have got good character. Mm-hmm. Because you've got all this character now, now you have hope. Yeah. Because you're like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. I, I can do this. God all those all those choices that you've made to to gain in inside the perseverance is now producing hope because you've built that character and you you've dug your heels in deep. You've you've built the character up. So now when you look back, you do you can see hope because God's been there through every circumstance in your life. And it's it is just a constant decision, you know, and I feel like it's it's kind of it's like the same recipe throughout every, every trial that you go through, because like we talked about, it's not the same trial every single time. So you're still having to dig your heels in deep in the middle of the suffering to give more perseverance. But I feel like it's building on top of itself every single time, because it's like, it gets a little easier and you're, you're getting your game plan, you're getting your battle plan and it's, it's getting stronger and stronger. You might have flopped, let's just say, in the first trial because mm-hmm. you were weak and you're like a toddler who's still trying to learn to walk. You're going to fall a million times, but you're, as you get older, your legs are going to get stronger. Mm-hmm. And the more you're walking, you're going to get stronger. So you're going to gain more balance. You're going to yes. understand how to navigate this terrain. Yeah. At the end of all of it, I feel like it, it, it gives Sorry. hope. And as your legs get stronger and you're better able to walk through suffering It's like all of a sudden, when you go through another trial, you look up and you go, hello, trouble, my old friend. Like from that song, you like recognize, ah, okay, I see what this is. Mm -hmm. I know what to do. I know it's not going to be easy. I do not expect this to be easy. It is okay for it to feel awful. (laughs) It is okay for you to be sad and feel upset that it feels awful. And it is okay to get stuck there just a little bit. But you have already been through so much suffering and trials that you've built up your perseverance. You've got character. You have hope. And hope puts to rest shame. Mm-hmm. So you got this. Yeah. I want to share one thing with all of you too, that I don't want you to feel shame for having self-pity. Um, you know, I've heard it said before that self-pity seems to be the worst possible sin. And I get that. I understand that it's, it's still pride and pride is yes, one of the hardest things, but at the same time, I don't want you to feel shamed for being in it. Um, I think, I feel like when you go, when you feel the shame, of having certain feelings, it tends to put you into a self-pity hole even deeper. Um, at least I know that's the way it has been for me. I don't know if you can relate to that, Courtney, but I feel like if if somebody says something that tries to push you out of it too fast. Right. It's like you're trying to, it's like you're trying to get up and walk like a toddler learning how to walk. And then somebody comes up and shoves you from behind and tries to make you walk too fast. And then you stumble and you fall instead of taking your hand and helping lead you through it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's really important as us as women to Sorry. make sure that we're always coming alongside other people who are suffering and are in the self pity pit. And instead of 
saying, just don't stay there too long, helping them to realize that, hey, look over here instead. Like, look at how good God is and and try to be thankfulness with them. Like, try to show them the things to be thankful for in a, in a gracious way. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And what, what's that other verse, Jen? James 5, 13, is anyone among you suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful, let him sing praise. I know that when I'm having a really bad day, my very best friends, I know that I can come and talk to and that they will pray with me. Even when I don't feel like I have enough strength to pray on my own, they will come alongside with me and mourn with me when I'm having a bad day and pray with me. And in that way, they are very gently and sweetly able to lead me over into looking at the good things, the things that I have to rejoice about and be thankful for, which help me pull myself out of my self-pity when I'm having a self-pity day. Yes, self-pity is going to happen, but, and yes, we should never stay there. And if you realize, as soon as you realize you're in it, do everything you can to fight against it because self-pity will only destroy you. I just want to encourage every single one of you to look up. Self-pity, unfortunately, is going to happen. Should we wallow in it? Absolutely not. I also don't want you to feel shame in the middle of it. Yes, it's real. Yes, it happens. But I just want to urge you to look up. I want to urge you to lay it down. I want to urge you to give thanks and to count it joy. Yes, that sounds so easy to say and so stinking hard to actually do. But I can tell you it's possible. You know, I was just feeling that the other day. It was just a very hard day. I was so tired. I was probably the most tired that I had been since my entire cancer journey. And I just didn't know if I could handle anymore. So honestly, it took me almost a full day of fighting and digging my heels in and trying to keep my eyes on him and trying to have worship music going and trying to love on friends and trying to be there for others. And I just felt lower and lower and lower until finally I said, okay, what's my battle plan? This is when it's awesome to have your battle plan in place because my battle plan is to go off by myself. I asked my sweet husband, I need to be done for the rest of the night. I'm going to have to go to my room and just be. I had to shut all voices off. I had to be off of social media, not even touch it. And I had to be just God. I had to hear his voice. And even just the sitting in his presence, I didn't hear any any still small voice. I really didn't. Although a song did come on, though the road ahead may be uncertain, though the path we travel be unknown, our God has given an assurance. We can have peace. We can have joy. We can be strong. He is our strength. And just relying on the fact that he is our strength, man, it gets us out of that self-pity because who can't count it joy when you realize how good he is and how much strength he has and that I don't have to have the strength. I don't have to be an inspiration to people. I don't have to do anything. All I have to do is lay it down and completely rest on him. All right, guys. And it's on that note 
that I think we are going to end this podcast. I sure hope this podcast was encouraging to you. We've all been there. Self-pity is terrible. It's so easy to get into and stay stuck in, but it will just ultimately make you miserable. If there is anything that you need me and Jen to pray with you through, please feel free to message us over on Instagram at enoughpod or enoughpodladies at gmail.com. And remember, when you don't feel like you're enough to crawl out of the pit of self-pity, remember you are enough because Jesus is more than enough for you.